Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska Baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. We're wrapping up hour number two here on Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We're on AM 590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities as we continue previewing championship weekend and talking to the pertinent players in the college football playoff race. We bring in Travis Ryer from Bama Online covering Alabama football. Travis, how are you this morning? I'm great. How are you guys? Good. You're you're doing better than we are because you're still playing football. So that uh, <laughs> that's a good place to be. And they're I'd, always playing football. I'd be lying. Yeah, I, was, I, I can still remember Alabama being in that spot. Believe it or not, I've covered this team since 2003. So I think that was a four and nine in uh, Mike Shula's first season. So there was some. There's been some pain involved. I, I I understand, and I remember when Nebraska was Alabama. So it's we. Exactly. I think we've been on both sides of the equation. Back in '03, was that like the Freddie Millens team? Gosh, that may have been. That might have been a, after Freddie. Okay. Um, the year after Dennis Francione bolted for Texas A&M. And ah, you know, okay. That goes for coaches that bolt for Texas A&M, but <laughs> uh, yeah, that that was a that was a rough stretch. That was. That was Brody Croyle. Oh, yeah. Right there. Three, four, and five. That's like right after Sean Alexander or right in Sean Alexander range? A little bit after Sean. Okay. You know, Sean was part of that 99 SEC championship. That's right. Going on to the NFL. But, um, yeah, that was, uh, again, an era. Well, you know who else you had was D'Amico Ryan. Oh, that's right. Now the head coach of the Houston Texans. Yeah, he's pretty D'Amico good. Was, he was a great player. And really that 2005 Alabama defense, uh, because of what came after it with Saban, still doesn't get the props, the recognition I think it deserves because it was really good. Well, Travis, I'll stop walking down memory lane with you here. I could, <laughs> I could just name old college football players forever. So uh, we'll move on to what's actually happening now. Um, Alabama obviously – kind of took that they took that loss to Texas and it mm-hmm. seemed like for a while people sort of forgot about them but they have kind of sneakily been playing some of the best football in the country for a little while now what changed for Alabama after that Texas game well I don't even know if it was after the Texas game I think it took the next week with an even worse performance oh sure the win but yeah. played worse against uh South Florida on the road than they did even uh, in the loss to Texas and Tuscaloosa. And I think at that point, uh, the decision was made definitively that Jalen Milrow is the guy at quarterback. Uh, it's up to Tommy Reese and this offensive staff to you know make it work with Jalen and not just make it work, but continue to incorporate and involve and evolve with him behind center. And that's what they've done to their credit. Uh, The offensive line wasn't especially good at that point in the season either. That's another area that has made strides. They kind of stumbled into a new starter at right guard and Jaden Roberts, who has been excellent since he's jumped in there at about midseason. And, you know, they took some some lumps with a true freshman left tackle in Caden Proctor, but he has continued to improve as well. So I think mostly you look at the offensive side of the ball and, again, you know, how Jalen has continued – to progress and and improve as not just a, a, a passer, but you know how they've incorporated more of his legs into the offense, and also 
his decisiveness in that area too. Travis, how much credit does Tommy Reese deserve for figuring things out with Jalen Milrow and getting this team to a point where a, a win against Georgia very well could land them in another college football playoff? Yeah, I think it probably started with Nick Saban essentially telling Tommy Reese and the rest <laughs> of that staff, regardless of who you want or who you think should be the quarterback, it's Jalen. That's who we're going with. And it probably was clear to the rest of the offensive staff at that point, too. But, um, yeah, since that point forward, Tommy has continued to add and sort of compliment Jalen in ways that really works with him and his skill set. And you know, we've seen some other guys, some other X-factor types like Kendrick Law at the wide receiver position. They use him almost like a Debo Samuel, a hybrid offensive player that you know has helped them become more difficult to defend. Uh, their receivers have been good. They've been consistent throughout the season. Jermaine Burton, Isaiah Bond, of course, from last week. But you know, throughout their rotation, they've gotten consistent play from those guys. So uh, it really started, in my opinion, with the receivers helping Jalen. But now you're seeing Jalen help his receivers because of that threat of his legs. Uh, but he's doing a good job of maintaining passer status for as long as he possibly can. Uh, before making decisions and boy that really puts defenses in a tough spot Travis let's talk about the madness that could ensue if Alabama wins Texas wins and Florida State wins uh, is there any bone in your body that thinks an SEC champion won't be featured in the college football playoff and the reason I ask that is with Alabama being eight Georgia should slot out Michigan would move to one then you're either going to have Washington or Oregon is the ACC undefeated champion out is Texas out and if Texas is out how are they out and beat Bama like how do you process the madness yeah it, it, it it's it's the worst nightmare I think for the committee now, obviously Georgia wins Saturday that makes everything easy mm -hmm. uh, at least in regards to Alabama if Alabama wins uh, that is, you know, that's sort of a uh, ground zero situation for, for those folks. So um, it is, even if Alabama wins with one loss, it is hard to envision the SEC being left out of the college football playoff because we haven't seen it to this point. And, you know, you are talking about a league that has produced spanning to even pre-CFP 13 of the last 17 national champions in yeah. college football. And it hasn't just been – Alabama and Georgia it's been LSU you've seen Auburn win a national championship 12 13 years ago so uh it it is in a lot of ways and you know it, you said it earlier I think you know with Alabama after the Texas loss and then the performance at USF a lot of folks and I understand it just sort of looked at Alabama as well we'll check back in with the Crimson Tide in 2024 I just don't know to the extent that committee members or folks out there have really circled back to check back in with Alabama. Maybe they did it last week. Maybe they checked back in and, you know, Alabama needs a, a touchdown pass on fourth and goal from the 31 to beat a six and six Auburn team. Um, but it is, it, it, it would be, you know, I'd almost, I'd almost uh, not like it for the teams that do make it because I think then the narrative becomes, is, is it a valid tournament is it a valid 14 field if you don't have an sec team in it 
Well, Travis, if they wanted to make a pitch for their 12-team playoff being necessary, they're certainly <laughs> doing it this, this is year. The year isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's too bad we can't bump that thing up a year and, and get every deserving party in. Uh, but looking at this week's game against Georgia, obviously Georgia not as dominant as they were in the last two years, but it seems like they've improved throughout the season. What are Where are some areas that you think Alabama – has a chance to give Georgia some problems? Yeah, I think there's a couple of, I talk X factors, but on offense, Jalen Milrose legs uh, and what he can bring to that, uh, not just on a down-by-down basis, but when you start thinking about third downs and red zone, uh, those two areas you expect to be critical in a game like this, and that's where I think he can give Alabama an edge now you know, if Brock Bowers is healthy, uh, then that's the, the Georgia version of it, or healthy enough to do what we've seen him do over the last two or three seasons. Uh, but I think that's where, you know, Alabama, again, with what Jalen can do as a runner and a passer, not only as far as conversion plays, but explosive plays, because I think those are going to be tougher to come by. Again, when you think about Alabama's running backs this year, there's not that one guy that strikes you that way as far as the potential for 30, 40, 50-yard runs. And Georgia's got a defense that limits that anyway. Even if you do have that kind of guy, it's going to be tough. And I think the same thing for Georgia. So um, Milrow is the wild card in all of this. I, I don't want to say he has to play perfect for Alabama to win, but if the guys around him perform at the uh, necessary level, he, he's got to certainly do his part and – uh, I think it starts with trying to establish that very early in the game that, you know, you are going to have to deal with multiple aspects with this guy uh, if you're going to be able to get the job done against the Alabama offense. Travis, got about a minute, um, you know, branching off of that, Alabama expected to be without their starting running back and Jace McClellan. How much will his presence be missed and how much do you see his absence impacting the outcome of this game? Jace is just solid. He really is. He's not spectacular. Again, between him and Roydell Williams, their top two backs, uh, you're not talking about first or second day guys in the mm. NFL draft. You're not talking about Najee Harris or Josh Jacobs or one of those kind of guys, even Brian Robinson. But both are veterans. Both were part of 2020 national championship team, so they've been around. They know what this game's going to entail. And I think pass protection is going to be a big part of this, too. So, if Jace can't go, that's something you worry about. But I think Roydell Williams is another one of those fourth-year guys that can jump in there and, and help handle that. So uh, you'd love to have Jace this week, but if you don't, then I think Roydell Williams has to step up. Travis Ryer from Bama Online letting us know what's going on on the Alabama Crimson Tide side of things for this weekend. Travis, we appreciate your time and uh, enjoy covering the game this weekend. Hey, thanks, guys. See you, Travis. Travis Ryer from Bama Online covering Alabama football and walking down a college football memory lane with me. I appreciate his indulgence at the start of that interview <laughs> as I just named random Alabama football players. Uh, coming up next, we've got our guy Mike Sodder here of Herd at Sports, his very own on Herd at Sports Radio.